Welcome to another episode of Shay's Pretty Skinny. Of course, I'm Shay doing everything but keeping it cute, even though for this season I'm trying to. Um, let's see. What we eating on today? It's Taco Tuesday, especially if you live in California. But what I decided to do was just take all of that and wrap it up a little bit because, you know, a sister could get a little greedy. So I went ahead and made burritos. And um, let's see, burritos were a topic for me today, or especially for my meal prep transformation group, because a lot of times um, you see meal prep, especially advanced meal preps, and it'll be kind of the same thing, and uh, it'll be in a bowl or whatnot, but you don't always have to bowl things up, and you can do this whole burrito thing and wrap it up. So, yep, today it's quinoa, black rice, um, I made some cottage cheese instead of sour cream. It's a, a cottage cheese substitute for sour cream. It's a little healthier for you, even though I hate cottage cheese. Got some vegan cheddar cheese that I made with white bean sauce instead of cashews, trying to cut down the fat a little bit. And um, threw some crispy jalapenos up in there with some bell peppers and some onions. Wrapped that all up with a little slap your mama hot sauce, okay? I didn't go with the fresh salsa today. Um, but it was good, though. Mm, made a couple of those. Ate one, froze the other ones. So I'll put that on my social media today about a couple of ingredients you can use and how to do a meal prep for that and keep it healthy. Most of it is focused on vegan. About the only thing I got on there that's vegetarian is that cottage cheese. Some people just can't stand it. But you know what? It wasn't that bad at all. I loved it. I'm all about flavor. Don't forget to season your food, okay? I'm sorry if the energy is a little low today. Just normally I don't check my social media and... Um, my messages before I get on and do a podcast. And today I did. And there was just so much like um, negative negativity, a lot of toxic things. And I knew that I was going to do this anyway. I've been keeping the episodes a little bit light, you know, trying to ease into the heavier topics. But in my messages, I have so many individuals doing one-on-ones with me with toxic relationships, whether it be with friends, family, or intimate partners. Um, I've dealt mostly with a lot of intimate partners in recent times, especially um, people with children or whatnot. So it's just kind of difficult. So I do apologize for that low energy. Let's see what we can do about that as this uh, podcast goes on. One of the things I find most common is people really have a hard time deciding if they should go or if they should stay. And this podcast is not going to be about that. Instead, it's just going to be about some things that you can consider. If you feel that your relationship is toxic with anyone and you're having a hard time creating boundaries or ultimately making that decision to cut the cord. Um, I don't always think, I say it a lot, you know, um, love yourself. A lot of people think that that means something like, you know, only be concerned about yourself. And that's not true. What it means, though, is not to forget yourself, okay, while you're considering others. Because a lot of times we give so much of ourselves to others that we never even cater to what we need, okay? So before you can even be there for someone, before you can support another person, you first have to be in an area of strength, okay, and have a mentality that is um, healthy and strong. Let your health be in good repair, your body be in good repair, before you can extend yourself to anyone else and be a support. As always, I use that illustration a lot about being the star in your own movie. And that's true. While you're starring in this movie, it becomes something that's very draining for you to also star in a second movie because you have so many parts that you have to play and so many things that you have to tend to. So you always want to be focused on being the star in your own movie and being a supporting role in someone else's. You can't you can't be the star in someone else's movie. You just can't. Not in the way life goes, okay? You just won't be because it's not your life. What you can be as a supporting role in that. And you really have to figure out how you can extend yourself or if you can even extend yourself at all. So let's go into managing toxic relationships um, and... Today, we might be throwing a couple of people under the bus, okay? <laughs> but 
I think first, before you can even talk about whether going or staying, you have to first identify the problem. And you can't be the only one holding on to the problem or communicating what the problem is. A lot of the times, it's easier to blame the other person than to turn things inward and start to look at ourselves. Um, I think a lot of times people are more like, well, you did this to me, or you did that to me, or she did this to me, or she did that to me. But it can like, what is the problem? Okay, so first, let's try to identify what that is. And let's just say that problem is communication. Rather than saying, well, you never listened to me, right? Maybe that individual needs time for a response. Um, I was speaking with someone about that, and they wanted to know, well, what's the best response if I have something that's really on my heart, and it's actually, it, it may lead to an argument. Well, number one, it was a female asking in response, uh, to her male partner. And that's, that's something that I always start with. Well, number one, we know that you've been thinking about it for a very long time, but we don't even know if this has ever been on his mind. So he may need time to process, even though we want an answer right then in the moment when we bring something up, that person may not have an answer because they haven't had time to ponder, especially as long as you have been pondering, especially if you have been holding it in and not expressing yourself because you don't feel comfortable communicating. So in that case, we're looking at the problem really being the communication, right? There's not open communication. Why isn't there open communication? Well, I don't feel comfortable, you know, bringing certain topics up. Why is that, you know? So you have to start to talk that out. And then another person may, whatever you're accusing them of or whatever uh, behavior you're calling out on their end, they may be responding in that way because of your behavior. You, know, you see what I mean? So it's not necessarily what you're doing to me, but we have a problem communicating not just, oh, you have this problem. A lot of the times we can, in either a male or a female, it doesn't matter what the sex is, people can become defensive right away because you're attacking, okay? We have the tendency to attack. Even in the Bible, um, I've, I've spent my time in organized religion, and it, and it says that, you know, it's easier to point out the splinter, okay, in your neighbor's eye because you can't see past the rafter in yours. And we all know that a rafter is much larger than a splinter. But if we could just take a look in the mirror really quick and really try to see ourselves, because when both people or people who are at odds with each other, if you can take a look at the problem, it starts to be something that you can tackle rather than attacking each other. So I always say, okay, first let's just figure out the root of the problem. Because if it's communication, then we have to figure out what's getting in the way of that communication. And even though we can have some of the right ideas, like I said, it may be the way that we approach someone and that's causing this response. Not saying that it's your fault, but the response that both of you are having, it's not working. So that's the first thing. Remove the you're doing this and I'm the better person for this, and I'm doing everything correct. Um, that's why I say, what's your con contribution? Are there some unrealistic expectations? A lot of people have limitations. Are they feeling comfortable? Are they comfortable communicating what those limitations are? Are there some insecurities that are affecting the communication? Is there a codependency? Because sometimes, male or female, we can have an expectation for someone to make us feel a certain way. Even though we don't put that same expectation on ourselves, okay, like the most common expectation we have of others is to make us happy, right, to satisfy us. Even though we don't have that same expectation for ourselves, like if we like art, right, but that's not what our job entails, why do we not have an expectation to do something that satisfies us? Why do we always place the, satis the, the, the expectation of satisfaction or the responsibility of satisfaction, satisfaction and contentment on other parties, okay? Whether it be your intimate partner or a friend or a family member. Well, um, even comes as simple as buying a gift. Why would we expect someone to buy us a gift that we wouldn't go out and purchase ourselves for ourselves for a moment that doesn't have to be a special celebration? So I always ask people to consider that. Um, there's a codependency, so this unrealistic expectation of what someone else, what someone else should provide for you 
because you feel that you lack that in your life. Can we turn that around and take that look at ways that we can provide those same type of emotional satisfactions for ourselves, activities that we can engage in that make us feel content, that make us feel happy, that make us feel fulfilled instead of placing that responsibility on someone else. It can be a real burden to actually feel that, okay? Um, It also comes in when we're thinking about separating from someone because we feel like with this person, we only know happiness with this person. And in reality, the happiness that is being experienced are the memories the actual moments that you share with this person. It's not the person themselves, but it's actually the moments that you're creating. And you have to come into this realization of, can I create this same type of moment with another person? Is that possible? And the actual answer is yes. What we have to decide is, is that something that we want to do? So all in all, the first thing when you're deciding, okay, what am I going to do about creating these boundaries? Um, Am I going to leave? Am I going to go? Let's talk about what's the problem, okay? Because too many times we think and we act before we're actually thinking things through, okay? And then we come into these feelings of regret and places where we're getting stuck, um, experiencing fear that maybe we won't ever move on, maybe we won't ever experience a moment like this again, Um, maybe we are not deserving of love. Maybe we didn't do all that we could have done. So for me, I always suggest identifying what that problem is. Let's start from there. And then once you've identified that problem, because sometimes you're going to come into a situation where you're thinking you're going to create some boundaries and then people have boundaries for you, right? I've been in that situation before and it's something that maybe you never even considered. You know what I mean? You're like, wait, well, wait a minute. Now I need time to think about this. Or, you know, let me process what that means. And there's a lot of times when I tell people um, I'm a very truthful person. But it doesn't mean that just because you're telling me the truth about me, that it's something that I can accept right away. At the end of the day, something I know very well, giving it and accepting the truth, is that the truth can hurt, okay? But we can also heal from those hurts. We can grow from those hurts. So we have to be able to face and accept the truth. And you have to be mindful of what's happening in the present. Sometimes the truth can be brought up, right? And as a defense mechanism, we'll go back to the person, well, you did this or you did that. But it has nothing to do with that present moment. Of course, you discuss the past if it's needed, but to continually bring it up as a way to defend yourself for a truth that you need to deal with, it just makes the relationship um, fall apart, really. Because then the person is thinking, I'm not in a comfortable space to even communicate what I'm feeling or what I feel this experience is about. Because even though you're sharing a life together, you're sharing an experience together. Each individual has their own perspective on the actual experience, okay? So it can be a defeating um, situation if someone's always attacking you and telling you that this is not the experience you should be having. You need to have more of an experience like I'm having. So this is my truth and my truth should be your truth. It's not true. Like they say, um, (laughs) there's my side, your side, and then there's the truth, right? So an attitude like that can really take away from moving forward if you're trying to create boundaries and maintain a relationship. You want to discuss what behavior each person thinks is needed to move forward, okay, to to reach mutual goals or set mutual goals for the relationship. And then you have to identify action steps. So when I talk about action steps and goals, um, I like to talk about setting goals with my clients in the aspect of SMART goals, okay? Something that's going to be very specific, okay? Something that you can actually measure. So not just saying, I don't think you've changed, but being able to actually provide the receipts, okay? And something that's attainable. If someone has an addiction, let's say, If they're addicted to drugs, there's a lot of things that are not attainable at that time. We first have to address that addiction before they can come into a clear mind to actually set goals, measure them, and work towards them. So sometimes it's slower steps than we want things to go. Like, I want this person to love me, but right now they're in love with whatever they're addicted to. So they can't even think about you because this has a hold on them. You see what I mean? So those goals, they also need to be attainable. They need to be relevant to the relationship that you're in, okay, and relevant to the time that you're in. And I always believe that there should be some type of measurement of time. So these goals should be 
time based. So, and they should be realistic. You know what I mean? So let's say getting rid of an addiction. That's not going to happen in a couple of weeks. Okay. This is something that we're going to need to work on with time because not only will you be needing to work on a relationship and maybe pull away from that relationship, but maybe this person is going to need to isolate themselves or take some time to work on that addiction, addiction alone before you guys can even come together and start working on a relationship. So making sure that your goals are specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-based are very important. I'm being realistic about that. And then you have to also be realistic about where you are. Will you... Will you give it that time? Are you committed to doing that? And are you solely committed to doing that? Because sometimes I've worked with individuals and they have people that they confide in. And that's just a different third party situation. They'll have people that they confide in. And then before they're giving a partner, a friend, a family member a chance, they're already moving away from what they committed to. So you have to be honest. Okay, is this something that I can commit to? Um, And I always tell people, employ neutral parties when you're talking about facing the truth and interventions, because sometimes family and friends, even your pastor is not a neutral party. And I know a lot of people are worried about, okay, well, I don't want this person to know this or this person to know that. If you're in a small town, you can go to the next town and get a therapist. But neutral parties are great. Somebody who knows no history about the both of you and kind of be objective about the situation because it's so easy to go tell my mother, tell my sister, right? Because they have history with me. They know how I operate. And I think I've said this before. We just have a tendency to tell a part of the story that resonates for us and puts us in the best light and then tell the part of the story that puts the other person um, in a negative light rather than telling all the pieces, okay? But when you have a a neutral party, um, it's more likely that they'll be able to help you investigate the whole picture instead of just your perspective because there's so many things um, you may not want to swallow, So when I suggest going to counseling or getting a neutral third party, I suggest that couples, families, friends, first book some individual sessions, right? Get to know yourself because a lot of times we're doing things and we don't even know that we're doing those things and it's affecting the relationships that we have with people, right? So I always suggest that it's a good idea to do some individual counseling um, also come together and do counseling together. Another thing for me that I think individual counseling does, it provides this safe space for you to communicate in. So if there's something that you're not comfortable telling your partner, or if you're not really great at communicating truths, this is something that you can kind of go through with the therapist, with the neutral third party before actually engaging with the person you're creating boundaries or working out a relationship with. Um, That way you can find the best way to communicate that, especially trying to give a little bit of insight. Again, moving too fast can really create some fires. The new thing that I like also is about peer groups because nothing's better than hearing somebody who's been through it before. A lot of people think, okay, I'm alone in this situation and you really don't understand. And that can happen with neutral parties too, especially going to therapy. This person can't understand where I'm coming from or they don't look like me. They don't seem like they come from where I come from. I don't know if this person resonates with me, if I can identify with them. So being in a peer group, because you have people at all different levels of an experience in peer groups, People who are in the thick of things, people who are just starting to explore, okay, Um, working out situations and settings of the sort, and then people who have already recovered from that, okay, who have already conquered that battle. So I always think that peer groups are a good deal, and most of the time, peer groups are free for the most part. You don't have to have insurance or anything of that sort to access them, and they're usually pretty local. There's usually something local in your area. Because mental health and behavioral health is not always available. But definitely employ a neutral party and don't always consider it to be your family friend um, or the pastor at your church. Oh, goodness. One of the other things we have such a huge problem with doing when we're managing toxic relationships is forgiving. Okay. Now, I understand as a human being, maybe you're not going to forget. And for some people, it's more difficult to put things behind them than others. But 
a grudge is different than forgiveness, okay? Um, when you forgive individuals, you don't hold a grudge. And that goes back to when we talked about facing it, accepting the truth, not throwing things from the past into our present. At the end of the day, every experience, whether we consider it negative or positive, is an opportunity for an individual to grow. And the worst thing that you can do some, to someone when they're trying to grow is to throw up their past. Because it makes it seem as though they're never going to be seen in a different light, okay? No matter how much effort they're giving, you're never going to see them for more than who they were before they started working on things, okay? So that's very important. Um, You have to acknowledge things that you regret because maybe you don't have any regrets. Or maybe you can regret, you know, not seeing things from the other person's perspective, but Staying in that moment of regret doesn't move the relationship forward. And it doesn't move you forward as an individual as well. You have to learn to forgive yourself and you have to learn to forgive the other individual. I think a lot of times people get stuck in, oh my gosh, I can't believe I let this go on for so long. Okay, time is time. It's not the end of it, okay? You are now in a perfect time to decide, where do I want to go from here? Forget where I've been because you can't change it, okay? Only thing that you can decide to do and change today is if you want to continue how you have been operating or if you want to do something different today. And then you have to identify, what is it different that I want to do and what do I want this to look like going forward? Okay. Do I want to keep this person in my life? And it can't be, I can't believe I wasted so much time. I hate to think of time as wasted. Some lessons take us longer than other lessons, but all the time that you spent, it was spent building you in some way. Sometimes the way we're being built, the way we're growing, it feels like we're being torn down. But in actuality, it's just old paradigms being torn down, okay? The way that we view things are being torn down, not the person themselves. Only if you allow yourself to be torn down and to remain in that moment, then it can be deteriorating to your person, okay? So when you're thinking about forgiveness, this is a time where you can commit to new goals or you can say, okay, that was a lesson that I learned And I don't want to continue forward in these footsteps. Okay. Actions. Okay. New behavior. People can change if they choose it. I've heard that a lot. Once a cheater, always a cheater. That depends on that person's choice. They can choose not to have different behavior. They can choose not to put a foot forward towards what their partner is requesting. But they can also choose a different route to see life and to see the relationship from the perspective of their partner and decide, okay, this is something or a boundary that I do want to respect with my partner. So again, it's just one of those things where you have to face a truth and then you have to decide, okay, do I think this was done intentionally or unintentionally? And a person really has to communicate with themselves and be open about whether they're actually going to change. I think I said that previously um, on the podcast about friends. You know, if I have a friend or intimate partner and they express something to me that's really bothering them or that, you know, really causes them pain or hurt, and I decide that's something that I like about me, now I have to decide, is it a good idea for me to stay in this person's life or is my behavior that I love about myself intruding upon their growth. I mean, it's their decision too, but for me, a lot of people have said that I'm selfish, right? Because I will detach myself from people. But from my perspective, I'm not being selfish. I just see that it's a common complaint, right? I'm not going to change it. So then I just stop interacting. One of those things, a perfect example of that is when, um, like, I, I like to be alone a lot But I also like to socialize when I like to socialize. However, the ratio of doing that is very unbalanced. I'm going to say it's about a 60-40, sometimes a 70-30, right? I like to spend a lot of time studying, reading, and reflection, listening to music, just learning a lot of things. That's just who I am. 
but I also like to socialize. I may not socialize as much as my partner does, as much as my friends do. Um, I'm not always into holiday celebrations and all that good stuff. Or I'm just not. It's just not my personality. So if that's something that bothers my friend because I don't get together as much as they want to get together, then maybe it's time for me to remove myself so they can make space for a friend who's better able to meet that need. Because I know that I'm not going to change that about myself. It's something that I like. You know what I mean? It's something that brings me peace of mind. And so that's what I mean. Some people may think that's selfish, but at the end of the day, I can't be a supportive individual in someone else's system if I can't be a whole person. And for me, that's what I feel is primary and something that I need to be a whole person. So in that way, if that person considers it selfish, then it's the better idea for me to remove myself so they can insert someone who helps them meet that need. And again, sometimes it's codependency and thinking that, you know, I can't survive unless my friend does this. And that's not true. We have to think about what things can we do for ourselves to kind of create that same type of balance in our lives. It's not the people who balance our lives. It's the decisions that we make that balance our lives and the decisions about people that we keep in our circles that actually balance our lives and keep us content. So it's important to have empathy. Place yourself in that other person's situation and really decide, okay, if it were me, how would I want this to play out? And sometimes it's not going to be the decision that you want, which is to stay in this person's life. That's just really the real deal. So you can forgive even if you can't forget, okay? And sometimes it's going to be good to take a break. Don't see your friend for a little while, okay? Um, Just stop hanging out for a little bit. Get some self-reflection time. And relationships, maybe it's going to be a physical separation. Um, If you can't go to your parents' house, you can't take a vacation, maybe you can't stay at your friend's house, maybe you guys can have separate spaces for a little bit, right? Um, You don't necessarily have to leave your home to have time to yourself. And it's good for people to actually have some self-reflection time where they say um, absence makes the heart grow fonder for some people, right? Again, you get into that codependency when every move that you make has to be with a person. Everyone deserves a moment to reflect on how they're doing personally, you know, where their mental health is, where their emotional health is. Everyone deserves that time. So if you need physical separation, that's important. But again, together, you decide on a time. You don't just up and walk away. You don't just move your things out of a household if you're in a relationship and your partner doesn't know when you're coming back. At the end of the day, it is a partnership. So it's something that you want to communicate about, okay? I think that we need some time apart. What can we agree on? Okay, so you just don't leave your partner hanging out in the cold, not knowing what they're going to do. Sometimes it's just emotional separation, okay? I mean, no backlash for people who have social media accounts with their spouse. But let's face it, sometimes your friends are not going to be their friends. Your interests are not going to be their interests. And signing in to your partner's social media all the time... Maybe there's some kind of trust issue there. Is there no moment, like you can't sign into your partner's thoughts. Thank goodness it's the one thing that remains private, right? Um, I watched this show, what was it? I think it was on Amazon Prime called The Feed. And that was one thing that was very interesting. So the internet was accessible from your brain. It wasn't on a device. So basically your device was implanted into your brain. And you could communicate um, what would be equivalent to telepathy. Um, you could communicate and call individuals with the thought in your mind. However, those individuals were not able to go into your personal and private thoughts. Those were things that were still kept to yourself. And so in real life, I think that should be allowed. Of course, you're going to have mutual friends. And of course, your partners, your other friends should know about your friends, right? They'll know that you have other friends. It's just when you start thinking like, okay, well, you can't spend this five minutes or you can't go out with the guys or you can't go out with the girls. That becomes a little bit confined. That's the word I'm going to use, confined. Because 
it's just natural for people to have different uh, needs and different experiences and then come together and be able to share those things, okay? That's what being open is all about and sharing everything is all about. Not necessarily you always having to be there to share that moment with your friend or with your spouse, okay? Some experiences are just better told to you. I found that out. Me personally, when I'm in a relationship... I find it strange if my partner doesn't have any friends that they hang out with. I just find it strange. But then I'm a different kind of cat. <laughs> it also gives you time for some personal development. You know, um, it's another way to get other perspectives away from your partner, away from your friend, and see yourself from a different pair of eyes. So I always suggest that it's healthy, especially if the relationship appears to be toxic because most of the time when there's a toxic relationship, I see the individual spending most of their time primarily together and not with other people, not doing other things. One person is doing only what the other person likes to do and they're uncomfortable expressing that they would like to do something else. There's no shared um, experiences. There's no time for me to share who I am with you and then for you to share who you are with me. One person is losing their identity in order to be with the other person, okay? That's usually how I see it. Um, so personal development should be allowed. It's a process that you can express and share with your partner. You may have different hobbies. Um, you may like to do different things to relax. Like maybe somebody likes to watch football to relax and another person likes to go to the spa. So it doesn't mean that your partner has to go to the spa with you. And it shouldn't mean that your partner has to watch football with you. Those are just two experiences that you can share at different times. Maybe you can go to the spa while the other person is watching football. And when you guys come together at the end of the evening, you can share those activities with each other, which is still sharing your life together, right? And don't be afraid to try new things. There's been a lot of things I've tried and I thought, mm, I'm not really going to like that. And it was painting that was one of them, actually, because I am not an artist. But my friend wanted to go to a sip and paint. So I'm like, okay, let's try this. And now it's an activity that I really, really love. I try to do it at least once a year, try to get around to it, to do it with a group of friends or um, in my therapy group. I'll do that a lot, too. Because, for one, it's a sense of accomplishment, right? Um, it's a new experience. And... Everybody likes a product of something, you know, something that you made, something that you can brag on. <laughs> it's always a good confidence booster. So it's important to try new things and step outside of what you're normally used to. Um, another thing I talk to people about is avoiding fueling the fire, okay? That has to do with social media too. Right now, we're just so intent on people validating how we feel and standing behind us, supporting you know, whatever it is we believe to be right, people hop on social media and just berate their partner, their friends, spill all their secrets. It's just not necessary. It's really not. Especially when you're in the moment, when you haven't given it time to think. That's that acting before thinking deal just moving too fast. Everybody gets upset, right? Um, everybody's going to fall into some type of argument, okay? That's just natural. Um, things, you have these, what, what I like to call tower moments. You have these tower moments. And what happens from that moment is you can choose to rebuild or you could choose to let that tower burn and, and crash and go to ashes, right? And never rebuild it again. But again, there's time that goes into making that choice. So try to stay away from gossip, any smearing campaigns, okay, to get people on your side. It takes away from the process. It also takes away from self-discovery because you're putting so much energy into tearing the other person down. You're not putting any energy into building yourself up. So let's say that tower is something that's going to crash and burn your ashes. You're never going to rebuild that again. What time did you spend strengthening yourself, okay? What time did you spend in self-reflection, especially to stay in the current moment and kind of decide how you're going to move forward? Oh, I'm telling you, my messages are just going off today. That's what I mean. I don't know if it's because it was a holiday weekend, but it's just been a really interesting time, uh, this 2020. Um, sometimes airing your dirty laundry 
it just comes back on you because if you guys have a misunderstanding and, and people will be like, well, I was on your side, you know, that person did you wrong. I can't believe that you still want to be friends with that person. So sometimes it's just better to not fuel that fire and kind of work things out one-on-one with the individual rather than bringing other people in. So you really have to decide, okay, when is a good time to seek a third party, especially one that's neutral? And that's, like I said, when I talk about going to therapy, um, maybe the pastor can be an individual that's a neutral third party. But again, um, church folk, Christian folk, religious folk are not opposed to telling your business. (laughs) Okay, It's easier to tell your business than it is to work out their business sometimes. So being objective is something that really comes in handy when you're trying to decide what type of boundaries am I going to set in this relationship and do I want to move forward or do I want things to end? You have to remember that the problem, it doesn't come in overnight. So that solution is also not going to come in overnight. And you also have to face the truth and be objective about are both parties committing because both are going to need patience. Um, both should have a buy-in to what the solution is. That's why communication is so important. And then both should be able to commit to that. If one person decides, I can't commit to that, then you really have to decide, is this a time where I'm going to have to embrace that impermanence, right? The fact that maybe this relationship, this bond is not meant to last forever, is not going to last forever. And now what steps do I want to take to move forward in a relationship and someone may decide that, you know what, I don't want to give up my third party relationship, whether that involves intimacy or a platonic friend. Okay. And you have to decide, well, am I going to be able to deal with that? And how are we going to arrange this or how are we going to manage this moving forward? If either of you cannot commit to the plan, it's not going to work. Okay. Because someone's always going to feel like they got short-sighted. And that is going to create resentment, and then resentment just brings more pain. It's just a cycle of pain that you keep swimming in, and that really hinders our personal growth, okay? Um, With relationships, especially if you have children, I think it's important because a lot of times people are so ready to break up or so ready to end a relationship that they actually don't think about the future. So yes, we're here in the present. This is how I feel right now, and this is what's happening. I want to leave right now. But once we start to sit down and explore the best and worst case scenarios, uh, I'll start talking about parenting plans, finances, you know, the separation of friends and family, where their support is. And then a lot of people have changed their minds because either they'll change their mind because they're not sure how the parenting plan is going to work. Some people don't want to separate because they don't want that to be a burden on their kids. Some people do want to separate because it will be a burden on their kids, right? But each individual has to make that decision and be objective about that plan with where they currently are. We just, I try to get people engaged in the conversation, projecting the future. Like, what is this relationship going to look like in the future if you move forward? And what is it going to look like in the future if you decide to go at it alone? Okay, if you decide to actually cut this relationship off. So again, it's not a decision that can be made that day. It's something that really you got to slow it down and take time. Um, Sometimes people change. No, not sometimes. All the time people change in some way. It's not always physical. Sometimes those changes are emotional. And again, that's where communication comes in because you have to decide, can I live with these changes? And if I am living with these changes, what now has to be done or what changes need to be made so that we can manage this, okay? Because just because someone changes, their interests change, um, they grow as a person, it doesn't mean that you have to end a relationship. Sometimes that will happen. Sometimes that won't, be, that won't happen. Sometimes it's just about being vulnerable because people are very afraid that, okay, if I am changing, if I am growing in this area, maybe this person is not going to appreciate me anymore. But we don't know that unless we open up that communication, okay? And people have to decide what's a deal breaker, like what absolutely is not going to work, right? What is and what isn't? And communicate that to a partner, communicate that to a friend. Like a lot of times we'll watch somebody, and I've done this myself before, 
um, when I was younger, it'd be like, okay, that's not going to work for me, right? So I'd give a person a chance, what they call to hang themselves. They'd do it a couple more times, and I'd just walk away. No explanation, right? But communication is important because, again, you don't know if that person realizes how they're operating in a relationship, what their behavior is. But once it's said and once we decide, okay, now this behavior is intentional, if that's a deal breaker for you, then maybe it's time to embrace the impermanence of the relationship. It's time to embrace the fact that this relationship is going to come to an end. This bond is going to come to an end. At the end of the day, You can only control you and you can only control your own emotions and actions, your responses, your decisions. You can't control what the other person is going to do. So much of our energy is poured into that, right? Trying to get someone to move in a direction we want them to move in, sway their emotion to feel a certain way that we want them to feel, rather than accept exactly what they're offering and deciding, is this also going to work for me? process that emotion, okay, because it's really not their responsibility. A lot of times we want people to feel regret or feel remorse. We don't control that. And us trying to do things in retaliation to get that person to feel that way is really just taking away from our personal growth and development. It's actually disempowering us because we're not able to move on. We're not able to grow from the experience, okay? Um, A lot of people believe in karma, and some of those experiences are just karma that's been collected. Um, If you don't believe in karma, a lot of of things are life lessons, things that you have to learn. If always you're giving more than someone's giving you, maybe it's a lesson that you need to learn for balance, like to match an effort that someone is giving you, okay? Rather than like, oh, woe is me. I'm always loving people so much, and they never love me back. The first thing I go to when I hear something like that is, we talk a lot about you loving other people. But have you loved yourself like that? You know, because part of you giving love to other people is knowing how to love yourself first, knowing how to be a whole person first, okay? People are always giving so much of themselves to everyone else that they're not even a whole person. And they're really depending on other bodies, other people to make them whole. That's totally not the way that it goes, okay? Before we can give of ourselves, we first have to be whole. And frequently, okay, we have to be filling ourselves up, reassuring ourselves. I call it positive talk. Other people call it affirmations. But we have to be sure of ourselves. If you're sure that you're confident, it shouldn't matter what anyone else feels. Because maybe their feelings are based on a false sense of themselves. Um, Maybe they get picked up from bringing you down, right? But that's their opinion, and their opinion is from their eyes. You don't have their eyes. They're not you, okay? So every day it's important that you build yourself up, that you love yourself, that you take care of yourself, whether that means exercising, um, keeping some type of physical movement every day, right, for your health, whether that means fixing yourself up, whatever that looks like for you, okay? If you want to be beautiful and you want to feel beautiful, then you have to do what you feel makes you look beautiful, right? It shouldn't matter if the next person does it or doesn't do it because they don't have the same skin. They don't have the same emotional balance. They don't have the same hair. They don't have the same eyes. So how can someone tell you what's beautiful about yourself? Always you should be telling that to yourself first, to reassure yourself that I'm confident when I look in the mirror that I'm happy with this look. At the end of the day, and I tell women this a lot, there's one thing that will remain true about beauty. There's always going to be somebody that you feel looks worse than you and someone that you feel looks better than you. So you're always just going to be in the middle, right? So the best case scenario is to be satisfied with yourself when you walk out that door. Now, there's been some times when I look back on pictures, and in the moment, I was super satisfied. And then I look back on it like, Lord, what was I thinking? But at the end of the day, that was the confidence I had for myself in that moment at that time, okay? Because it can be so much stress to give that away and give that power to someone else. So embracing impermanence is a way that we can take back our power, okay? Strengthen ourselves and be whole rather than giving that to everyone else. 
Um, think about, especially when you think a relationship is going to end, whether it be with your friend, your family, um, or an intimate partner, it's really important to think about, well, would I be this same person, right? Would I be doing the same things if this person was not in my life? And if you wouldn't, then maybe try focusing on some of those things that you would do, right? Instead of focusing on how this person hurt you so much, like I said, the emotion is going to be there, but you can choose to work through that emotion and keep building yourself. Um, Most times when I found that people are depressed and anxiety, it's because they're holding on to a version of themselves or a version that someone wants them to fulfill, okay? And they're not able to do that. They're not able to be free in thought, free in communication, and free to explore exactly who they are or connect or reconnect with who they are. So it's important that we continue working on who we are with or without the person in our relationship because ultimately it's the moment that are going to build us, strengthen us, and make us content, not exactly the individual. In any moment, any type of feeling can be connected to any individual. They're not the end-all, be-all of happiness. So if Sue made you happy, like Sue is not the only person who you can create happy moments with, okay? Otherwise, Sue would have to go and be with every individual in the world to make every individual content and happy, and we all know that's not true. You also have to look at, have you lost passion, right? Because sometimes we care for other people so much that, again, we forget about our own personal goals, our own personal passions and things that we're interested in. So a lot of resentment is created there, and we can take out certain emotions on people because we haven't fulfilled ourselves personally. And I don't mean like going out to gamble all your money, but if you're a person who likes to dress up, you know, have you taken the time to do that? Whether you have to make your own clothes, whether you go put outfits together at the, at the thrift store, whatever it is, and at what level you are, are you actually making the effort to do that rather than saying, well, I'm not able to do this because, you know, I have a family member that I have to take care of. You know, there's still things that you can do. There's lots of natural remedies. Even if you're talking about getting your nails done, something as simple as that. They have kits at the store these days. Uh, What is that? Dip systems. Um, You can paint your nails. Like, you don't have to go to a spa. There's totally things that you can do at home. And I focus on that a lot with my clients. Um, Me, myself, even starting my business I've made my own wigs, especially when I've been in places when I had the opportunity to travel and there was no one to do my hair. Like I learned how to do those things. And I was actually like really proud about doing it because it's something I did myself. I taught myself and I love to learn things. So it was like a sense of accomplishment as well as accomplishing my goal of my aesthetics. So little things, you just have to put a little effort and you can decide to do that. Also, I think the most important thing is avoiding isolation. Even though you may need to separate yourself from someone, put a time limit on separating yourself, period. Even if you're not letting a person back into your life, there's a time limit. So when I talk about goals, if isolation is your goal, removing yourself from a situation is your goal, then even put a time limit on that. Okay, I'm not going to socialize. I I need a week or so. Um, I need a month or so, right? And then after that, I'm going to make these steps to try to get back to me, get back to what I have passion for, get back to the hobbies that I'm interested in, get back to learning this or, you know, jump back into this and make steps, make action steps for getting back to the life that you know, getting back to the person that you know, rather than staying in that moment. I know that grief is a time that people really have difficulty getting back into life. The deal is, even if you choose not to participate in life, it's still moving forward. Whether you decide to move with it or not, life is still going. And I'm not saying that that hurt is going to to go, but you can get a break from it here and there, okay? A lot of times we live trapped in our thoughts and our fears, and that actually is stagnant for us. It prevents us from growing and um really realizing our purpose in life. Because while we stay isolated, right, um, drowning in that emotion, we could really find solace in actually helping someone else through it. And as you help others, it actually helps you. That's what I've learned. Even when I started um, doing the peer groups, 
a lot of times I would just be like, this is so frustrating, right? Um, I definitely had a really bad anger issue, and it was just very difficult for me to manage it at times. But once I started working with other people and sharing my experiences and listening to their experiences, I actually learned a lot of tips. And I actually felt that people didn't understand what I could be going through. And I learned a lot of people, a lot more people than I knew understood what I was going through. And there were ways that we could kind of help each other and exchange these ideas. So once I started doing that, I really found a purpose in it, right? And anytime you find a purpose in anything, you really build this growth. You can look back on your life and say, you know what? I remember when I was here and be glad about where you are in the moment. Even if you still need to work on things, even if there's still more growth, okay, that you have to go through, there's this sense of accomplishment that you can be proud of because you're not stuck in the same moment that you were. So it's important to get to commit to getting to know you and to love yourself. Take your time. So I'm not a person in my groups who always um, advocate for leaving a relationship because some toxic relationships, when you create boundaries, things can change, okay? And sometimes it will allow other people to take a look at where they are and they'll want to make some changes as well. I think for sure though, if both individuals, all parties involved cannot commit to what the action steps are to make it an amicable relationship, then you have to start looking at that permanency um, or impermanence, I'm saying, or, and embrace that. Embrace the fact that something's going to have to end in order for each individual to grow and for things to be content. Sometimes we're going to be content together and sometimes we're going to be content apart. But ultimately, there's steps that we go through to be able to make this decision. So while you're doing that, you know, on a lighter note, on a lighter note, keep it cute with a hoe. You know what I mean? Don't give your energy because anger, sadness, um, vindictiveness, those are all low vibrational things that are so draining of your energy. And things could be better done if we spend time thinking of ways that we can improve a situation, how we can relate to each other, to come to something that's common. And sometimes, again, that common solution is we should not continue this path together. So I look forward, if you want to um, join one of the peer groups, definitely hit me up on social media. I'm also going to um, talk about the burritos because, yeah, you should add that to your meal prep routine, okay? Instead of buying those ones in the store that have all these preservatives and salt and things of that sort, you could definitely have healthier, yummier <laughs> options, Okay. So I'll put that on my social media at Shaydub, S-H-A-Y-D-E-E-D-U-B. And I hope you guys have a great Transformation Tuesday. I look forward to our next topic.